What's up, guys? Rick here with your DFS preview for this week's RBC Heritage. But before we look ahead, we need to look back because what a start it was to for the return of golf, the Charles Schwab Challenge. It did not disappoint. An absolutely stacked leaderboard, and I know a lot of you benefited. So I want to give a couple of shout-outs here. Uh, I know we had a lot of guys on Daniel Berger. I know that he finished in second one shot back, but Justin Rose, who a lot of us had in our lineups, um, paid off in quite a big way with that that T. I guess it would have been T3 with Morikawa finishing in the second position. But uh, let me read out some of the winners from last week. So shout out to Mike Van Veen. He turned his $273 into $521 and... He had a Daniel Berger 66 to 1 ticket. Congratulations. Justin Dupe, I hope I'm saying that correctly, turned his $233 into $884. Josh Northcutt turned his $98 into $936. And Dan B had a Daniel Berger ticket that netted him eight. $1,500. That was just a few of you who sent me screenshots or sent me messages. Uh, great job to everyone. If you would like to use the tools that can help you win uh, these amounts of money, uh, that's available. It's rickrungood.com. That's my site. It's where everything you're going to see in this video is located. I have a couple of winners to subscriptions from last week that we uh, gave away in a draw. So uh, BWill1013, I'll get in touch with you and get you a month subscription to rickrungood.com. And also CBY4, I will also get in touch with you and get you set up for this week so you can enjoy the tools. If you would also like an opportunity to win a month subscription to rickrungood.com, there are two ways to do it. First off, make sure you are subscribed to the YouTube channel. Also, hit that little bell button. I don't think I've ever asked you guys to do that. Apparently, that's an important thing because uh, it alerts you when new videos are out. And I'm going to be releasing a lot of content moving forward. And a lot of it is going to be very timely, meaning that it's going to expire very quickly. You're going to want to watch right away. So make sure you hit the bell button. So subscribe, uh, like the video, make sure you hit the bell, and then comment below with which golfer above $10,000 you want nothing to do with. You're going to fade this week. That's one way to enter. The other way to enter is to leave a rating and review on the podcast version of this show. This show in iTunes is called 300 Yards to Unknown. You can search that or you can search for Rick Rungood. And of course, the link is in the description of this podcast and in this video. Leave a five-star rating and review. Say something nice about the show and give me a way to get in touch with you preferably Twitter handle. Uh, that way I can let you know that you've won and, and get you access to the site. So two ways to get into the draw. We are uh, winning a lot of money. We are having a lot of sweats on Sundays and it's been a lot of fun. So again, congratulations to everyone. Let's jump into RBC Heritage. All right, let's jump into RBC Heritage, which will be held at Harbortown, it is in Hilton Head, South Carolina. It has been, uh, I believe it's the only host of, uh, of this event. There's, they've never played this anywhere else. We have plenty of course history. So if you're new to this channel, welcome. 
the the tool that I'm showing on the video version right now is the key stats tool. It is a regression model that I run every single week to find the most important stats for each course. I compare them to every other course on the PGA Tour, punch in all the buttons, spits out numbers for us, and it's all good. Now, Harbortown. I would argue is probably one of the most unique courses on the PGA Tour, and it is why a lot of players, they they rave about it. It it always gets high reviews because it's like nothing else that we really see. Colonial's close because your driving distance is a little bit um, uh, negated. You know, just being a pure bomber isn't super valuable at Colonial, and it's definitely not as valuable here at Harbor Town as well, and it opens up the range of outcomes. I mean, just look at the last three winners. It's CT Pan, it's it's Satoshi Kadaira, and it's Wesley Bryant. Those are not necessarily, you know, top 10 players in the world by any stretch of the imagination. So that should tell you the type of players that find success here and the numbers bear this out. So if you look at driving accuracy, it ranks fourth here at Harbortown, which means there are only three courses on the PGA Tour where driving accuracy is more important. That is the way to read that. So, of course, accurate drivers will be critical this week. And, and, it, and it's obvious why. Harbortown is completely tree-lined. If you miss a fairway, you could be in prison all day long, have to punch it out. Things get really, really hairy. Additionally, in a, in a similar way of Colonial, so Colonial's kind of that way, but if you are a really big bomber, and what we saw Bryson kind of do is you can cut the corners and just kind of take it over the top. You can't do that at, at Harbortown. It is just so dense and so tree-lined that you there is going to be a lot of laying back. There are forced layups. There are just going to be a ton of shots where guys hit from the same position. It is important to hit the fairway and then also hit basically the correct side of the fairway. Because if you're on the left side of the fairway to a left pin, uh, that that's going to be trouble. Overhanging trees are going to give you issues. So you need to be very, very good off the tee. So we'll talk about the accurate drivers in a second, but let me roll through the rest of these. Um, driving distance still ranks seventh here. It makes sense because distance is always going to be a benefit. Now, Just because you can't bomb it here, if you're a bomber and everyone is hitting from the same forced layup, uh, if, you know, if, if the forced layup is a six iron for, you know, Wesley Bryan and a wedge for Dustin Johnson, that's obviously a big difference. So while driving distance itself off the tee may not be as important guys that hit the ball very far makes sense because they will be hitting shorter clubs in from the same spots that guys will be hitting longer clubs. Um, Strokes gain putting. These are tiny, tiny little greens, about uh, 3,700 square feet. I believe they are the second smallest on tour behind only Pebble, I believe is 3,500 square feet on average. So these are absolutely tiny, but they've they've got some movement into them. So strokes gain putting is certainly going to be key here. And then birdie or better, some of the things that we normally see. So let's go through the accurate drivers of the golf ball. Um, Bernhard Langer is in this field, obviously not someone I'm, I'm planning on rostering, but leads the field in driving accuracy. Some actual rosterable guys. Uh, Jim Furyk, 7,100. He hits 80% 
of his fairways. Uh, then you get the really, these are the really cheap guys. Glenn Day, Ryan Armour, KJ Choi, Brendan Todd, very interesting. Brian Stewart, very interesting. Um, I guess I can take the time to talk about those guys right now. Brendan Todd, we are only 10 starts removed from him going back to back. Uh, he's got upside. Uh, I, I'm a little bit more concerned about him. I think he's 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 riskier. But at 6,900 bucks for a guy who hits a ton of fairways, certainly couldn't couldn't kill you for for playing Brendan Todd this week. And then Brian Stewart's really interesting as well. Uh, there are literally like three events a year in which Brian Stewart is in play. Uh, this is probably one of them. And what's interesting is you might not have noticed this unless you played Showdown on Sunday. Brian Stewart shot the round of the day, a 64 with a bogey on 18, and you might have missed it because you might have slept through it. He went out first as a solo, uh, no playing partner, and carded a 64 again with that bogey on 18. Now he goes to a place that should be a really, really good fit for him. He's like 220th in driving distance, but like 6th in driving accuracy. It's unbelievable. So um, Stewart might have found something on Sunday. Now he gets to a place that should be a pretty good fit for him. I could not kill you for that. Now let's see if we can get guys that are, like who are the guys that are both accurate and long? Um, you start to get to like Victor Hovland. All right, Victor Hovland's the first guy who... Hits over 67% of his fairways, which is probably about 20, 25th in this field. And also his average drive is over 300 yards. Again, probably, that uh, might be actually higher than that. Let's see, 301? Yeah, it might be, yeah, it's probably a little bit deeper. But he's the first guy that um, hits over 67% and drives it over 300 yards. That's very good. Um, Webb Simpson. So Webb Simpson is not known as a long hitter. But he hits a lot of fairways, and he's long enough. I'll talk about him in a second. Terrell Hatton. I mean, there's there's really great guys here. I need to jump over to uh, the cheat sheet so that we can go through this because this is um, really, really, really interesting stuff here. All right, this field, another star-studded field. Basically, everybody in the top, I don't know, 20-whatever is here. Adam Scott's not. Uh, but you get everybody from 1 through 6. Uh, Adam Scott is not here. Uh, then you get everyone from basic, almost everyone from 10 to, geez, oh man, 40. I mean, there's a couple guys missing in there, but another really packed field. And you have six guys over $10,000 led the way by uh, Roy McElroy at 11003 a little bit cheaper than he was uh, last week. And, and really, you know, Rory was set up for another top five finish uh, until Sunday. He goes out and shoots, what, four or five over par? Uh, 74, I think he shot on Sunday to finish in a tie for 32nd. Uh, very uncharacteristic. I, I don't know how to kind of handicap that moving forward. I think that you might get guys who shy away from Rory just because of that. You know, we talked about this last week. There's going to be a lot of people who are using last week's results as gospel moving forward because we only have one week of it. Um, so the fact that Rory fades on Sunday, which he's honestly done a couple of times this year. And the fact that he has not played here since 2000, I think it was 2009. I mean, literally the last time Rory played Harbortown, he had zero PGA Tour wins 
on his resume. Now, obviously, 18 wins later, four major championships later, it is quite a different story for the world's number one player. So uh, I'll be interested to see how ownership, ownership, excuse me, shakes out over the course of the week. So I'll update my projected ownership here uh, as we continue to move throughout the week and we get more information. But uh, Rory could be an interesting buy low situation because he played great for three rounds. Played great for three rounds, had a hiccup uh, on the front nine on Sunday and kind of gave it all away. Um, outside of that, uh, I think you guys know where I stand very much on Bryson DeChambeau. I'm extremely high on him. I do have I do have more concerns for this week, and this goes both ways. You know, Colonial and Harbortown are supposed to negate guys like Bryson. You're, you're not supposed to be able to pick them apart like he did at um at colonial let me show you this really quickly this is the live leaderboard from last week so it updates every 15 minutes throughout the golf tournament with um strokes gained fantasy points on DraftKings, position in the uh tournament this is the first of all this is the only tool like this that exists as far as i'm aware i know i was the first one to get it out there and it's i it has to be the only free one that exists so this is the pga live leaderboard on rickrungood.com you should check this out it's awesome for matchups and stuff like that but if you look at this um i'm going to sort by strokes gained off the tee bryson gained 7.3 strokes off the tee last week uh, the gap between him and Xander, Xander was second in that stat category, is like, what, 2.4 strokes better? That's the same gap between Xander and basically Sung J.M., who finished like 12th off the tee. So Bryson is literally lapping the field in this statistic. Um, now, I am not without concern because... Again, you know, Harbortown should should stop this. You shouldn't be able to do this, but I'm not sure. I mean, he's played well here. Third place in, in 2018, fourth in 2016. He did miss the cut the other two years. So mixed bags, certainly for Bryson. I, I will probably, I don't know if this is correct or not. I will probably dial back a little bit of exposure on Bryson this week. And then moving forward, just like I'll be an all in on Bryson every single week. I think we're going to get to some events where, you can literally just open up, open up the, the the highway, let this Ferrari run, baby, and just he can just hit it as far as he wants off the tee and, and see what see what happens. Moving down the list, I do think Rom is interesting, kind of as a buy low. The guy misses the cut, kind of burns everybody. Um, but if we look at John Rom, let's see, gained two shots off the tee, gained a little less than a shot on approach, pretty good around the greens. This is two rounds, remember, because he missed the cut. Lost 4.17 putting. Let's go to the strokes gained database and see if I can find another John Rahm event where he lost four strokes putting. Here's 4.17. Um, well, he lost five at WGC FedEx St. Jude in 2018. It's been that long. And that was a four-round event for him. Uh, the players in 2018, again, that was four rounds, lost six. So it looks like he's never had, let me just make sure here. Yeah, I don't think, yeah, that is going to be his worst ever two-round event in putting. So I'm going to cut John Rahm a little bit of slack and say I think that he can rebound from that. He's not going to lose four strokes putting over two rounds again this week week uh Hideki Matsuyama making his debut 
you know, the last time we saw Hideki, he was in the lead at uh, the Players' Championship in the one round that they played before they shut it down. 56th at API, but he went 6th in WGC Mexico. He went 5th at Genesis. I mean, he was playing really well before the break. No idea what type of shape his game is in. Uh, J-Rose here at 92, I think he'll probably be pretty popular this week. That's a good price for a guy who... uh, I mean, I was going to say proved us wrong, proved us right. We were very high on on Justin Rose last week. No, no worries there. But here's the guy, Webb Simpson, nine thousand, um, highest owned golfer on the slate last week. Burned everyone by missing the cut. Colonial's not necessarily a great fit for him. Uh, there are a few, and I think I mentioned this here or somewhere, maybe on CBS Sports uh, HQ. There are a few forced carries for Webb at Colonial that make it very, very difficult. Um, Col- or excuse me, Harbortown, much more up his alley. This is a guy who I, I showed you on the key stats, hits so many fairways, hits it long enough. But then once, once you are in the fairway, he's one of the best players in the world. And it's kind of shown by his Finishes here, uh, 16th last year, 5th in 2018th, 11th in 2017. So if you have a bunch of people who are saying, no way I'm playing Webb Simpson after what he did to me this week, that is a good situation. I buy in on those guys quite a bit. Um, Jordan Spieth, man, uh, we we took our we took our chance and he kind of paid off $8,000, uh, a 10th place finish last week. I, I don't know. I, 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 it is going to be so hard to handicap this guy moving forward. Um, I don't know. He does it in a way that is almost impossible with, you know, he, he, he struck the ball well off the tee on and, and, and on approach on, on Thursday and Friday, uh, Saturday and Sunday were absolutely brutal. He, he continues to, to go absolutely nuts with his putter. I think you're going to get to places that he pops off. I liked him at Colonial because it was a, a place that he had, he's had such great success at. He has he has less uh, starts at Harbortown. He finished 11th in 2015, but that 2015 year was historic. I mean, he finished 11th everywhere. He he won a bunch of times. That was a historic year. Only played it after that in 2019 last year and finished 54th. I don't know. I mean, I will be very careful about the spots that I pick with Jordan Spieth moving forward. And I, I don't think this is one of them. Gary Woodland, on the other hand, uh, less than driver course. Gary's great. I think he's going to, he's just going to hit that stinger. Like, you know, every single shot um, off the tee, he's going to find the fairway. He's got three straight top 12 finishes. We've seen him have really good success at shorter, smaller green courses, places that you just have to kind of get it in the fairway. I mean, Pebble beach, you know, he wins the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach. They have even smaller greens. Um, they have kind of forced layup areas as well. Uh, one of the shorter tracks out there. So, yeah, I, I do like Gary Woodland at this $8,400 number. Uh, Terrell Hatton, $8,000. Um, let me see. I don't have his worldwide stuff, but uh, I was going to pull up his player profile. But Hatton, you got to remember Hatton. He wins Turkish Airlines Open at the end of 2019. He played one more European event and then he had wrist surgery. And then he came back from wrist surgery and finished sixth at Mexico, won the API, and then we had the shutdown. So it's like this guy's only played four times worldwide in like eight months uh, because of the wrist surgery and then the shutdown. But when he plays, he's great. And when he 
came back from a long layoff at WGC Mexico, he finished sixth. Um, I I kind of love Hatton. I have to tell you, I mean, a legitimate winning upside as he showed us. The layoff doesn't seem to bother him. I I really like Hatton in this spot. Eight thousand bucks. That's a pretty pretty fair number. Scotty Scheffler. Let me show you Scotty Scheffler. Scotty Scheffler last week. Um, again, one of the more popular golfers on the slate. He ended. He did make the cut. He finished t fifty five. Plus two point two off the tee. Plus two point nine on approach. Lost over three around the green. Lost over three in putting. So if I go to his strokes gain database here i doubt that we find a short game event that was this bad yeah okay so here it is he lost three i'm sorry excuse me six basically six and a half strokes in short game at charles schwab the only other events that were even close i mean he lost basically five a little less than five at waste management but again he missed the cut there uh, Shriners earlier in the year, um, lost about 5.2 lost over six, almost seven at Genesis last year, 2018 missed the cut there. So, I mean, this is basically, this is the worst event he's ever had, uh, while playing four rounds. So again, when a guy is striking the ball as well as Scotty Scheffler is, and is around the green game, which is usually, he's about an average player in short game. Right, he's basically almost dead even over the course of his career. When he loses three around the greens, that's not going to happen often. Um, loses three putting, and he's not like a great putter, but he's not this bad. He, use, he usually loses what a quarter of a stroke around, something like that. I mean, it's nothing. It's nothing crazy to lose three in both of those categories is cert, uh, almost certain not to happen again. Um, don't mind Scotty as kind of a, a bounce back candidate here. Going down even lower than Scotty Scheffler, um, I think Kisner will catch some steam because he's had good success here. I mean, this is a this is a spot where there's very because it is so unique. There are some guys that very clearly fit the mold. Guys that hit a lot of fairways, they don't drive the ball very well. They can putt, so you're going to hear those guys named a lot. Uh, Kevin Kisner is one of them. I'm I'm probably not as high on Kisner as most, but I understand it. Victor Hovland, 7,600. Um, he, okay, so if you go back to that key stats page, one of the most accurate drivers while also hitting it over 300 yards, obviously a good benchmark. And I believe he got better every single day last week. Let me check this really quick. Yeah. So he goes even par in round one, then he goes 68-68 in rounds two and three, and then 66 in round four. So if he's trending, if he is um, finding something as he's knocking off the rust, and you can see even for the entire week, dead even on, on putting, dead even on putting and finishing T23, that is the recipe for a guy who is going to contend a lot. And obviously, I mean, seeing Morikawa play well, the, these guys always get lumped together. Uh, certainly a little extra incentive from Victor Hovland. I, I, I'm I, going to probably talk myself into a lot of Hovland at 7,600 because I know a lot are going to go to both Joel Damon, who now is another top 10, or excuse me, top 24 straight, uh, and then also JT Poston. And I think this is okay. I, I don't mind these guys. They're just going to be popular. I mean, Poston, 
Uh, that was his first top 10 since he won the 2019 Wyndham Championship last week. And it hasn't been that bad. He's posted, you know, top 15s, top 20s. But keep in mind, that was his first top 10. But the sixth place finish here last year is going to get a lot of people's attention, certainly. Um, going down here, I mean, you can you can buy back on, on some of these guys. You can buy back on Harris English. You can buy back on Ryan Palmer. Again, I just think... Really popular guys that burned people last week are going to be incredibly overlooked. Uh, another star-packed field, you don't have to play the same guys you played last week. I think it might be interesting. I think if there's ever been a high-leverage spot, this is kind of it. So, I mean, buying back in on on guys that burned you last week is, is uh, something that I'm pretty interested in. $7,000 and below... Um, we'll see if Russell Knox gains any steam because he's got a pretty good record here. 18th, 2nd, and 11th between 15 and 17. I'm more focused on the five straight missed cuts. Don't love that. Uh, I will probably avoid it. Um, Harry Higgs, I think he's got seven, six, seven straight made cuts. He's made 10 of his last 11. He just always seems to be in, in uh, kind of in contention or at least around on the weekend when you get down here to the 60s. Uh, pretty ugly though. I won't go back to CT Pan. He's your defending champion. No chance in the world. Um, oh man, Jazz Jana Wananon missed the cup on the number last week. That would have been really nice. Uh, he was one of the guys we talked about a lot. He was 6,500 last week. Just really needed him to make the cut. Unfortunately, did not. Um, I, I still like Brian Stewart. Brian Stewart 6,600. Talked about him on the key stats side. Yeah, I mean Lonto. Wow, that was about as ejection as you can get. One of the worst we've ever seen Lonto play last week down to 6,500. Not sure I'll buy back in on that. Not when you have other options here. And that's, I don't know, man, that's about it. I mean, could you convince me to play Ted Potter Jr.? Maybe. Um, Had success at Pebble. He won Pebble one year, which is pretty similar. 16th place finish here in 2018. He had a sixth place in Puerto Rico before the shutdown. He's the dead men 6,000. So I don't love it. Like if I was super desperate, I guess I would not mind uh, rostering Ted Potter Jr., but I'd have to be really desperate and have to have a guy who's $6,000. If you see guys at the bottom of this cheat sheet that uh, are listed in the field but do not have a salary, it is because they are alternates. So I have that noted up here. So... Uh, you don't have to tweet me about that. <laughs> uh, just just know that if if someone drops out or there are field changes and these guys get assigned um, salaries, those will be updated as the week goes on. So keep that in mind. Now, with all this being said, let's go over to the uh, custom model for this week and kind of throw some things in there now that we've kind of talked through everything. All right, so this is a new tool uh, post-shutdown that I added and still very much uh, updating. So first of all, it says Charles Schwab Challenge down here. Don't worry about that. I just haven't updated it yet. The data and the pricing and all that stuff is is accurate. I just uh, I forgot to change the name of the tournament. Uh, but it's it's all right here. So here's, here's what I like to do now. Uh, you know, I want to create my own kind of model here. Now that we've talked through the entire field, we've talked through what it's going to take to win this golf tournament. And I want to distribute my 100 weights and see who my highest ranked players are. So um, I think first and foremost, we know driving accuracy is 
going to be pretty critical. So I, I'm going to give a third of my points to driving accuracy. Then I'm going to give um, I'm going to give some to driving distance. I'm going to give let's say 20 to driving distance, and this is with the assumption that I. No, it's not about how far they're hitting it off the tee. I know that the distance part of it is basically where they're going. Like if everyone's hitting from the same spot, guys that are hitting wedges instead of eight irons is going to be important, which is what I think is going to happen this week. Um, Then uh, I rarely do this, but I'll give a little bit to putter. So I did get a question about why do you, why do you give so few weights to putters? Um, uh, putting's random. Uh, it's what we've seen time and time again. I've talked about this a lot. It is especially over one round or four rounds. One of the most random stats that we have on the PGA tour. Um, it is twice as likely for a bad putter to jump up into the top 20 of an event as it is for a bad, anything else driver, iron player, or short game player to jump up into the top 10 for a week. So it's just very, very random. So I don't usually want to put too much emphasis on it. Um, then what I'll do, it's a par 71. So I'll just give, you know, maybe eight to the par fours because, uh, there's like one extra par four out here. And then, uh, I, I just love my T to green guy. So I'm going to go my last 29 weights to T to green, and I'm going to run this and see what comes out. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, first of all, um, no surprise that, uh, Terrell Hatton is up here because he, I mean, he only has eight rounds. So keep that in mind. But best in the field in strokes gained approach, best in the field in strokes gained tee to green, best in the field in strokes gained total. Again, only eight measured rounds. The other guys that rank highly for me, oh, wow, this is interesting. Okay, so John Rahm, of anybody who has a, a sample size, John Rahm is my highest ranked golfer. Webb Simpson right behind, Gary Woodland right behind that, and then Daniel Berger, believe it or not, right behind that, and that... I love the first three. Rom, Simpson, Woodland, guys I even talked about before. Of course, I'll be I'll be happy to roster them. Berger, uh, I mean, heading into last week, he was one of the 11 guys in the field that gained strokes in all four major categories. So I guess no surprise to see him here. He's very accurate off the tee. Um, Michael Kim is here. That is kind of crazy. He's He ranks 874th in the world. I don't know why he's popping up so much on my model here i guess just because he only has eight rounds and um well i can see if i can find out for you here hold on yeah he has some really weird small sample size stuff going on so uh keep that in mind i I put the number of rounds here so that you can tell hey if something looks a little wonky it might be a small sample size uh sung jm is next um yeah i have a ton of rounds on him he looks great bryson adam hadwin so this is pretty interesting these are guys that i i might have targeted a lot of these guys without running the model and then a couple more pop in you know harris english adam hadwin billy horschel doc redmond guys i might not have considered so i might consider them moving forward so there it is that is the DFS preview for this week's RBC Heritage. I am super thrilled to have another successful week with you guys. Um, Let me know what you think. Tweet me. It's at Rick Run Good, and I'll catch you next time.